Hello and welcome to another episode of the official RuPaul's Drag Race podcast. It's always such a challenge to get that entire title out. My name is Alec Mappa. I'm an internationally beloved actress and Priyanka's not here today. So let's talk shit about her. <laughs> oh my gosh. When the cat's away, the rats will play. That voice you're hearing <laughs> is an international star who is just born on the airwaves. We have from Drag Race Diananda, the one and only non-binary, etc., etc. Welcome to the program. Oh, good morning, good evening, good night. Hello, how are you? You look wonderful. I can't wait to to discuss all things Aussie Drag Race, and we're going to talk all about you right after these messages. I'm back with the amazing etc. etc. from RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under. You don't have any eyebrows on. Nobody else no. can see this, but I can see your face. Is this your usual look? Oh, well, it depends. I mean, it's early in the morning for me. Anything before midday is drastically early for me. I'm a night owl. so Oh, you're a night on, owl. I can put on an eyebrow post-noon, but pre-noon, this is the best you're going to get. I think you look great. Uh, spoiler alert in five, four, three, two. One, etc., etc., was the last eliminated queen from Aussie Drag Race. How did that feel? Oh, to be honest, it, no one tells me how good it feels to be eliminated from reality TV. Really? Yes, because I think from week to week, all the people that love you and like what you do, mm -hmm. they don't feel motivated enough to tell you. And then when you get eliminated, it's all the messages saying, I liked you so much. I wish you were still in the competition. <laughs> oh my God, I loved your looks. And you go, well, why didn't you tell me the whole time? I was yeah, sitting there waiting for all the love. Yes. <laughs> I could have used the boost of self-confidence. Where were you? Exactly. But no, it, it, it honestly, at, at the time, you know, I was crushed. I was devastated. I felt right. like, you know, a plastic bag in the wind. But now I feel, <laughs> now I feel, I think, a bit more complete because watching the show back, you know, you get to see a lot more of yourself than you think you will. Because when you're there, it's mm. so, so lightning quick. You're like, oh my God, I was here for you know, only two weeks and, and, Absolutely. and no one, no one will care. I'll just be forgotten. All of this was for nothing. Ah. <laughs> and then you watch it back. And I you're thought like, I was going to live forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This was my moment, but mm -hmm. I watched watching it back. You're like, Oh my God, I I'm sick of myself. I've been here for what, oh, no. five weeks. And you know, you're like, wow, this was, this was good. I'm glad I got, I'm glad I got kind of like the airtime and, and I, I was also glad that I got the moments that I wanted to have on reality TV. Right. And speaking of those moments, I feel like you're one of those contestants that people th feel bad when you leave because it was like, oh, I was just getting to know her. Now, one of the best parts of, of watching Drag Race Down Under or Drag Race España. Um, that was very good. My God, things... I felt the spit oh, through the screen. <laughs> yes. Well, I am a trained actress. Don't try this at home. So, um... Uh, 
is learning about different cultures. And and I think that for a lot of the American viewing audience, the culture of New Zealand and Australia is brand new. Mm. Now, when you now one, I want to know, this is a two-part question. How do you feel about the representation of Australian culture? And two, what parts surprised you about yourself watching yourself back on the series? What a great two-parter. I love a two-parter. Mm. Okay, we'll go with Me the too. first part first, as naturally you should. Uh, I think, look... With, with looking at Australian and New Zealand culture, it's really, really interesting because in Australia, our culture, our culture is so homogenised. There's so much of it from so many different cultures. Really? You know? We're a country of mm-hmm. immigrants. We have our First Nations people who have been here for, you know, 60,000 years. But then we yes. have, you know, we have immigrants from all over the world. We have, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a lot of white Australians. We have Asian Australians. We have mm-hmm. uh, just so many different cultures that make it up. We had an influx of Greek and Italian people that came over after the world wow. wars. And, you know, we're, we're a country built on a million cultures. So when mm-hmm. people say, you know, how do you feel about Australian culture? I kind of look at it and I'm like, there's a lot to take in because there's so right? many aspects to it and it can be so confusing. Like we have so many different dialects and different ways of saying things. And, and, and mm-hmm. I think the one thing that ties it together is we're all insane. We're all absolutely <laughs> crazy. <laughs> and I think you saw that on the show. I think you, you watch the show and you're like, oh my God, these bitches are absolutely nuts. And I think, I right. think, it's, I think it's important to, um, for international audiences to realise that we, we, we love, we love dark humour. We love to, you know, yes. make fun of ourselves. We're very Yeah, you, like, you love taking the piss out of things. We love taking the piss out of things. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, and, and, also, and also we, um, we're very, we're very, like, cynical. We have a very dry sense of humour. Mm-hmm. I found when I came mm-hmm. to America a couple of years ago, um, I, I did some drag in LA and New York and, and performed mm-hmm. at some, uh, some venues. I would make jokes backstage with some of the other queens and they wouldn't, they'd think I was making fun of myself or them, but I really was oh. just, I was just, it was just the dry sense of humor that Australians have. Like they'd walk out looking stunning and I'd be like, oh, don't you look terrible tonight? And they'd be ready to throw hands. And I'm like, no, that's like yeah. in Australia, it's, it's just our sarcastic way of, you know, making fun of everything and everyone. Oh, well, listen, you have to hang out with Jackie Beat and Sherry Vine and Coco Peru and all those children, and you will fit right in because that sense of humor is the dark. But I love it. I love it. I I love it too. I think being on the show with all of the girls, it did just feel like one big drag dressing room a lot of the time. The producers had Mm -hmm. a hard time shutting us up when they needed to because we just kept talking. Do you know what was funny was the first episode, it was, you know, you could see everybody getting into it, that Australian Mm. sense of humor. And for the uninitiated, it seemed like, oh, wow, these girls are really tough. Yeah, and really mean to each out, other. Yeah. <laughs> right. But two episodes in, or even by the end of the first episode, there was a, such a camaraderie that it was kind of like, oh, they were just taking the piss out of stuff. So second part of the question, uh, wh- when you say there was so much of you, what surprised you watching yourself back on the um, on the Drag Race program? Uh, I think I think I'm um, I think I'm much more uh, b- brutally honest than I thought I was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I provide oh. yeah I provide my opinion uh, whenever I want to, and I think mm. I always knew that about myself. But I think seeing myself uh, on TV made me realize that yeah, I am a loudmouth. Like I am, I am an opinionated <laughs> bossy bitch, and I'm not ashamed and you did, of that. And you didn't know this before. This was a complete surprise to you, or um, was it like oh? 
Gosh. To be honest, I thought that I'd, I thought that I'd worked on myself, that I'd created, you know, a sense of peace and happiness and unity in my soul where I didn't need to provide my unsolicited opinions to others in times of stress. But um, turns out, no. Um, <laughs> and honestly, everything I said on the show, I said out of a place of constructive criticism. And I know people right. were like, oh, no, you know, et cetera, was being, you know, mean there or blah, 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 when she was talking to a lecturer about her outfit. But honestly, like, they were, it was coming from a real place of she was going, why don't the judges like my outfit? And me, in my mm. mind, was like, well, let me tell you again. <laughs> <laughs> Well, as a spiritual person myself, I think that you can be aligned and at peace within and still be an opinionated person. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I also realized that I, um, I, I move a lot. I always thought that I was someone that, you know, kind of was still and, and graceful, but I watched the show back and I was just bouncing around. Like, and I walked the runway so fast. My friend was like, it was like you had somewhere to be. You, uh, Slow like, down. Yeah. You got a plane to catch? I was going <laughs> so fast. And I think it was because I hit, uh, the song was, you know, the congratulations, number one. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. once I hit the runway, I was like, I'm ready to walk. And I just wow. flew down. Um, but yeah, it was good fun watching myself back. You had I'm, a very swift walk. You, you, were, you had a very purposeful walk. I was going somewhere. I didn't know where I was going, but I was going there. I was going there. Now, you are one of the new tribe of children. Um, in UK, we had uh, Bimini Bonboulash, and we had Jimmy Lemon come out as, as non-binary. Mm -hmm. um, since the show, Bob the Drag Queen, uh, Jinx Monsoon have come out as non-binary as well. Um, how, since, for the people who've never been to Australia, how is how is that in Australia? How is that? Are you do you live in a metropolitan city where it's okay for you to be yourself and for you to define yourself this way? Yeah, so I live in I live in the inner west in Sydney, which is probably the equivalent mm -hmm. to like Brooklyn in New York or like Sweet. um yeah. Sil Silver 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 Lake, Silver, Silver Lake. Lake in LA. Silver Lake. Yeah. It's a yeah. bit more well, of an side. Yeah, a bit more of an alternative like grungy area and everyone oh, is I love it. queer and you know feminist and like all it's 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 a lovely place to live and I mm -hmm. I um I feel very safe in my little bubble here. Yeah. But it's an interesting question because Australian culture, much like a lot of countries, but um, I grew up in a very toxic gender culture. You know, men mm. had to be very masculine, you know, um, strong Aussie men, and yeah. women had to be beautiful Australian, you know, women, and, and they had to so be on the, the gender beach. So norm, the gender uh, normative thing in Australia is very hot, like toxic masculinity and yes. ultra pretty girls with big boobs and stuff like that. Yes, absolutely. And I think, I think I never, I never saw gender. I saw, I saw trans people growing up as in, I saw binary trans people. Like I saw the glamorous, beautiful trans women. Um, and I saw very masculine trans men, but I mm -hmm. never saw kind of like existing in that gray space. I never saw anyone from Australia that was like that. Uh, mm. And so I, I grew up, probably thinking that I was going to transition into being, you know, a binary trans woman where I would, you know, look glamorous and beautiful and, and feel the fantasy all the time. And right. then as I got older, I realized that's, that's, that's not what I want all the time. And my gender is a lot more confusing and varied and complex than, mm -hmm. than that, you know? Mm -hmm. 
it's a spectrum for everybody. I think that's the thing where people get confused. People want to box you in. Are you yes. this? Are you that? Are you this? And the whole thing about gender fluidity and, and the non-binary is that you're free n not to kind of stick within the binary. I mean, that's why it's non-binary. You don't have to strictly adhere to any one thing. Absolutely, and I think it's so important to share that message, not just for trans and non-binary people, but for everyone, you know? Mm -hmm. it, it, tell, it tells everyone that you don't have to fit into a certain box of self-identification, uh, self self-gratification, uh, self, all these, all these things that we do for ourselves, you don't have to align to a certain way that other people do it. You can find the most authentic version of yourself through your own journey and own self-discovery and probably be the happiest that you'll ever be. Um, I love instead that. of trying to stick, you know, stick your square peg into someone else's round hole, for use of a better term. <laughs> Ouch! Ow! Ouch! Pull it out! I don't mind a square peg, but you know, not in my <laughs> round hole. Well, you know what? The good news is that uh, there's probably non-binary kids out there who are feel who, who were feeling the same way you did growing up, where they didn't see anybody, and now they get to see you. Oh, now you get to share that message. That it, must feel really good. It is a joy. And they mm -hmm. are in my inbox in on Instagram. And yes. I have such, I get such joy being able to open those messages and reply to them. I'm, I'm one of those people that when they, when people come into my message requests, I see yes. it and I get excited because uh, I'm, I'm a people person. I'm not sitting there being like, oh my God, I am overwhelmed by all the messages. I'm like, right. amazing. I can have conversations. I can connect with people. This, I is, love the, this is what you wanted. That's what, what I wanted. wanted. I've always mm -hmm. just wanted to be able to have conversations about the world with interesting people. And right. um, it's so, so fantastic to have people interested in what I have to say and have, I suppose, all of these amazing kids from around the world, people who, mm -hmm. some of them are older than me, uh, but are just figuring out their own non-binary identity now. And they're like, it's mm -hmm. so amazing to see someone so young discovering at such a young age. It's inspired me to, you know, start investigating my own gender more. I just, mm -hmm. I just want to be like a fire starter for people's understanding of gender. Yes. And even if I just spark a little thing for them, well, that's amazing. I don't want to yeah. solve everyone's problems, but even if I can just be a little bit of, a little bit of inspiration or um, excitement in someone's life, I'm more than happy to do that. I, I think just the presence of anybody on television who's living their truth ends mm. up being extraordinarily yes. liberating for anybody watching. And certainly that's the case with Drag Race because it breaks so many societal rules. Now, taking it back to Drag Race Down Under, mm. episode five. Now, uh, the, 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 um, the episode started with the elimination of Anita Wiglet, which was kind of a shock to me. Mm. Was, were you surprised? Ah, look, Anita, Anita was one of those energies when we walked into the workroom where I was like, mm. you're either, you're either like this all the time, in which case I'm terrified of you, or it's an act that you're putting on and you're not actually this nice and lovely all the time. And she was like right. that all the time. So I was terrified of her. There was something about her where I felt like she could attack me at any moment with that big smile and I'd be gone. I know, um, so I know, when... but she's like, she's like, she could like be really shady with that great big smile on her face. She I mean, was she could tell you like, I'm gonna fucking queen. curb stomp you and kill you and, and gut you like a fish. <laughs> but she has that delightful smile on your face. So you're just like, uh-huh. I know, and, and everyone's like, oh, you know, everyone was like to be, oh, et cetera, you were the shady queen of the season. I was like, oh, I'm nothing compared to Anita. She'd walk past you getting ready and she'd say a comment and you'd be like, oh, thanks, Anita. And then 10 minutes later, you'd be like, shit, that bitch read me for filth. She just, 
she and she's so funny and I love her. So it was like this huge energy was taken out of the workroom. It was like when right. we walked back in, we were like, there's this huge void. Where? Do, how do we fill it? Um, right. And I think everyone, everyone was kind of like, well, they, you know, we're sent home the the one girl that was positive all the time. So I guess <laughs> now we're gonna have to. Yeah, someone's going to have to be positive. Certainly wasn't were me. You the, so. Were you the one who said on the show, somebody said, was this you? That was the most aggressively positive Drag Race contestant ever. Yeah, that was art. That was art. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true. It's true. And aggressively positive. Like, yes. in the essence, if someone tried to make her negative, I feel like she'd whip out a knife and turn around and you would be like, you know, <laughs> I'll get you for that one. Um, no, but Anita's sweet. And it was real. it was really hard. And I think it was yeah. especially hard for Keita because although Keita, you know, came in her confessionals afterwards right. being like, I said, that bitch is gone, blah, blah, blah. She did find it really hard. And I think we all did losing someone who was such a sister to all of us um, and someone that we saw could probably going to the end, you know? Nobody tells you when you're, uh, when you're going to do a, a reality program how vulnerable you are. Mm. I mean, you are... You are, you're dressing up and it's like, it's so, you're all dressed up. You have all that makeup and all that bullshit on the wig and everything. But at the same time, you're naked. You're so mm. vulnerable because you're presenting your ideas and your creativity and you're putting it up for criticism. Absolutely. In front mm. of, in front of Rue and Michelle who have seen, you know, it all before. So everything. it's not like there's any, anywhere to hide. And you're right. doing it with exceptional drag artists. It's not like mm -hmm. we're it's not like we're competing in you know a local talent quest. This is <laughs> this is the best of the best. So if you this is the Olympics, if there are any flaws, and this is what I try to tell people when people you know dis dissect stuff on Drag Race, and I have mm -hmm. people coming up to me at screening parties being like, "Oh, so and so's outfit was shit. Yours was so much better than hers." I was like. I'm like, listen here, they lock us in a freezing cold room, they point cameras at us, they tell us we have one hour to make yeah. a gown, do our makeup, mm -hmm. put our hair on, walk the runway, RuPaul tells us everything that's wrong about us, and then we have to lip sync for our life, and you're yeah. worried that someone didn't hem their outfit. These are the right, best right. drag queens that we could find, <laughs> so just leave us alone! Leave them alone! And yeah. also, Priyanka and I were talking in, the, in previous episodes that you don't really have a camera test for your outfit. You don't know how it's going to photograph. You don't yeah. know. I mean, you're wearing this outfit on camera for the very first time. And so there could be things that look amazing in studio and don't photograph well, or things that aren't that great that do photograph well. Absolutely. And I think, I think that's the case with makeup as well. I think walking into the workroom on the first day um, for my entrance, I painted a very certain way. And then once I see how my face looked in the mirrors in the workroom and under that uh -huh. lighting and on the main stage, I was like, okay, I need to change a couple of things up. What did you and need to I change? I think I was just painting a bit too heavily. I was painting too much for stage. I was hmm. like, I need to put on the big lash and I need to put on, you know, the big liner. Um, right. And then as soon as I saw myself, I was like, the lash is, you know, making my eyes look too droopy. <laughs> and, you know, the liner is making me not look like a real person. I'm not supposed to look like Snuffleupagus. Exactly. Although sometimes we yeah. want to. Sometimes that's, sometimes yeah, sometimes that's the look. Sometimes we want to. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the library was open. You did the Down Under Reading Challenge, and Art Simone won. Um, mm. She had a read. Uh, your read for Electra was, I finally understand your name because it's a shock to me that you're still in the competition. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I thought it was good. I thought I could have, I had much more material that was meaner and, you know, poked yeah. fun at her looks. But I just wanted to do something simple for her because, you know, a simple read for a simple queen. I thought it was appropriate. Right. 
Well, that leads into our next question. Having watched the show now, do you have any reads you wish you did um, after the fact? Oh, I wish I wish Anita had been there because I had a read for her. I was going to say, Anita Wiglet, I always know when you're going to walk into the room because your nose arrives 10 minutes before you do. <laughs> nose joke. Nose I'm joke. not saying Anita Wiglet's nose is big, but it, it, it's located in two different time zones. <laughs> That's um, a good one. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. Maxi challenge uh, mm. was the branding challenge. Now I I want to okay, the queens have to market their very own yeast, uh, yeast spread. Now um, to that's Vegemite, right? It's is that yeah. what Vegemite is? Vegemite, Vegemite is or Marmite or Promite, um, right? Dust mites, any kind of mite. <laughs> any kind of mite. Yeah. Um, so is it something you grew up eating? Oh, yeah, and I hate it. I'm, I'm very un-Australian in the way that I hate Vegemite. Um, yeah. But it's, it's, I think it's because it has such a distinct taste and it's such an Australian, like, uh, I think, breakfast food staple. We, we here in America never say, you know what I'm in the mood for? Some yeast. Yeah. I want some, I have a hankering for yeast. And not just any yeast. yeast. Not just any yeast, concentrated yeast. Concentrated <laughs> yeast. That is a very strong smell that I can spread on toast. Now, everybody kind of went straight to the yeast crotch jokes. Mm. And uh, you had a guest judge who I guess in um, Australia does a lot of infomercials. And she seemed to be kind of shocked by the crassness of the queens. Now, to those of us who watch drag shows, I mean, that's the whole point mm. of drag to me is, is it does push the boundaries. So when people get kind of prudy about drag, I'm like, no. This is, the girls are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Oh, absolutely. And honestly, I was yeah. going to make my, yeah. I was going to make my infomercial much ruder. I wanted to have the, uh, <laughs> the pit crew pretend to pee in my mouth and me to like drink it. I had all of, I had all of this stuff, me, me waking up in a puddle of pee in the outback, all of this stuff <laughs> that I'd prepared. And I, I, before I went in, I was like, mm, no, they're probably going to think that that's too gross. I'll tone it down a little. <laughs> And she was still <laughs> horrified by me. She like, was still horrified. She was still horrified yeah. by you peeing into a jar. I thought it was hilarious. For the record, my husband and I, even at, during the um, during the critiques, were like, why is everybody getting so uptight? You know what I felt watching it? I felt like that woman was kind of shocked. And Michelle was kind of like, these are the kids. Relax. Yeah, 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 these yeah, are yeah, the kids yeah. just being children. <laughs> the winner was Electroshock. Um... Uh, I, I, I think she needed a win. Yes. I think that was, it was great that she did. Um, I didn't, you know, I wasn't, I'm, I'm all about the low hanging fruit. So farts, pee, yeast, crotchy. I thought everybody was just great. Yeah, and I thought Electra, Electra was really good this week. And, and it was the most prepared she'd been for a week. Like she walked into her infomercial, she knew what she was doing. She knew. Yes, yes, she was, she was very alpha. She was happy to make fun of herself, which I think was mm -hmm. the first time that she was willing to do so. She was happy to say, yes. I know I don't have the best looks, let me do this. And she did it in a funny way. On the runway, she told a story with her look. I just think it was a good week for her. And it was a good week for her, like, settling in to what she actually wanted to say on Drag Race from day yes. one. It just took her a yes. few weeks to get into that rhythm, you know? Yes. Now, um, I think it must be impossible for anybody in Australia to take themselves seriously. Oh, if absolutely. you're surrounded by everybody going, girl, 
relax. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No, I think I, I think it's really important to have a strong sense of humor and a strong sense yes. of self-deprecating humor if you want to live in Australia because you And especially I'm, as a queer person, I mean it's uh-huh. kind of like I mean that's our defense system is like I'm going to take myself down uh better and quicker than you ever possibly could so that yeah. I beat you to the punch. Absolutely. And I feel like my Drag Race experience was very much that. Um, It was me trying to make as much fun of myself as possible. And uh, because I knew how, I knew if I didn't, how bitchy I would come across and how like full of myself. Because I genuinely, as a person, I don't have a high opinion of myself. But I think because I'm very, I think because I'm very glamorous and beautiful in drag and I paint on a bitch mug and I have opinions. Um, people associate that with me thinking that I'm the best drag queen in the world. I really don't. I think that what I do is lovely and I love what I do, but um, I think it's important to have that self-deprecating sense of humor in drag because otherwise you can come off like you're a bit full of yourself. And while that is nice, you can't always be a diva. You can't, it it doesn't taste good all the time. It's that thing of like, you know, taking the art seriously, but not taking yourself seriously in the art. Yes, you know, I think that's a, that's a nice balance. And I think you brought that to the runway. Now, speaking of runway, the runway challenge was finest Sheila in the bush. Yes. Now, um, there seemed to be uh, some kind of uh, having to explain what a Sheila was. And there seemed to be some confusion culturally that um, rude. Uh, uh, you're saying Sheila is just any girl. Yeah, Sheila. Sheila is the same way that you'd say broad or like any kind of like it's like a pejorative term for a woman, but it's not really offensive. It's not really mm-hmm. like an offensive way to refer to a woman, but it's it's kind of outdated. It's like an right. old-fashioned way to refer to a woman in Australia. Okay, like a broad, yeah, like a broad, yeah, yeah, yeah. or a you know, yeah, 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 a skate. Um, okay, so let's go through the looks one by one. Art Simone came out with cork on her face. Um, she came out with a hat that kind of had a fringe of cork and I didn't exactly know where she was going with it, but it did have that kind of Billy Porter Mm. at the Grammys thing with the brim opening up. And then she revealed that she was the character from Kath and Kim, who everybody loves that. I love that show. Are you a fan of it as well? I'm such a huge fan of Kath and Kim. And and, and in Australia, it's, it's one of those things that I think we you take for granted because you're just like, oh, this is just this is just a TV show we have. And then you see how people mm-hmm. around the world see it and you're like, oh, no, this is like, this represents something iconic about our culture and sense of yeah. humour. Like, oh. And you can't, ex- you can't explain that show to anybody. No, you have to like, watch I, it. You have to watch I, it to understand yes, it. Yes, I tried. I said, well, there's a mother and daughter and they're played by actresses who are the same age and they're <laughs> always going to the mall and they have really bad taste and people are like, what's funny about that? That's Rue's favourite show. Like yes. Rue has has worked into the drag race uh, vocabulary. Look at me. Yeah, look at my. Look, look at my. Look at my. So she was great. Coming up next, Electra Shock did kind of a goth thing. Um, she was wearing uh, high, high platform shoes, kind of a chainmail bodice in the front, and she painted her head. She painted. She painted that egg that she's got. Uh, yeah, I liked her look. It was a reference to, I think, a native bird that they have in New Zealand, which is like a, it's like okay. a bird that I think represents like the guardian of their forests. Um, so I think, it. I think it was a nice like way to symbolize her culture and her country. Now, how often do you get to New Zealand? Is it someplace you get to go to often because it's nearby or was this a, a special trip? This was the first time I'd been to New Zealand and I didn't see much of it because I was inside a film studio the whole time and yeah. I had to be incognito. Um, right. But it's like, it's like a four hour, four hour flight away. Uh, from from Sydney, so I could go. I just never have. 
I have lots of friends who've worked in New Zealand. And they say it's like all the most beautiful parts of the world all in one country. The mountains, the ocean, the valleys, the beaches. I mean, it just looks beautiful. Oh, it's gorgeous. Uh, now, you came out, etc., etc. Um, you had that orange kind of page boy wig. It, you, you looked a little bit from the side. I'm looking at this picture right here. You're serving a little bit of, um, it looked a little bit like Sasha Velour. Mm, Do you yeah. see it? Yeah, yeah, it was a very, yeah. it was a very artistic, you know, conceptual look. And I saw a lot of people being like, I don't get it. She's the forest and then she's a burnt tree and, and blah, blah, blah. I it's, got it. Yeah. I yeah. got it. Because yeah. of the fires in Australia. And yeah. I got that. So um, for the for those of you listening, um, et cetera, et cetera, came out in this uh, like floor length green kind of jungle uh, um, gown. And it was covered with all kinds of flora and fauna. And then you stripped to reveal kind of a glamorous burn victim uh, dress, which was really, really kind of amazing. And then um, you, you had a, a glitter bodice and these red gloves. So it looked like fire. And then at one point you pulled a plant out of the dark part of the dress. I thought it was great. Yeah, thank you. I mean, it was just a representation. I like to do drag that's a little bit like, a little bit confusing. I liked my mm -hmm. drag not to be super, super obvious, which may not read the best for TV all the time, but I do like my mm -hmm. drag to be a bit like, what is she doing? What does that mean? Yeah, what is yeah. going on? And right. so I wanted to tell the story of, you know, regeneration after fire and the resilience of the Australian uh, outback and, and tell right. it through fashion. How is everybody in Australia after the fires? As as everybody in recovery mode? Yeah, look, we uh, I think most most communities have recovered at this point. It's such a constant thing in Australia. Like growing up in my town where I grew up, there was a huge fire that wiped out mm. a lot of homes and a lot of bushland. And I remember it right. took like five or six years for that to recover. And you know, then there was another fire, and it's just something that's consistently we have to be aware of because we have such bad fire seasons here. Right. And, and we have them here too in California. It's so awful. And it's kind of like, I don't want that to um, go away. It's wine country. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, we have such a beautiful country. And I suppose the payoff is that we have to deal with these um, natural disasters because we don't, we, you know, we don't own the country. We can't control it. Um, and uh, I, I think Australia is such a harsh and unforgiving country and global warming and climate change is making it so much worse. So it's something we all have to be aware of. Yes. Climate change is real. Ladies and gentlemen. That's now, real. another person who commented on the fires was Karen from Finance. She came out in kind of like a, 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 a glitter yellow uh, fireman's outfit with a, with a koala. Yeah, with a little koala, as our yeah. friend would say. A, ko a yeah. koala. <laughs> koala. Yeah. A koala. Um, I loved it. I thought it was really good. She had a little kind of Miss Coco Peru wig happening with the flip. But um, that was I my always, wig. She borrowed my wig, wig for that runway. Yeah, because she was going to wear the <laughs> wig she wore for the design challenge the week before for the runway, the, for the Chappelle Corby wig that she wore. And I, uh, she said, oh, I don't know what wig I'm going to wear. And I said, you should borrow this little flip one of mine. And it looks so glamorous on her. She never wears short great. hair and she should wear short hair more often. It like, is it yeah. a nice look on her? It's a nice life. See, you're not a shady queen at all. You're you're the you're the um, secretly generous queen, like uh, Bianca Del Rio. Uh, Kid Amin came out in a very elaborate um, butterfly outfit. It was a gown festooned with um, butterflies everywhere. Um, it was it was kind of um, it was kind of pageanty. 
to me, kind of the silhouette and the gloves and everything. Do you agree? Yeah, but I was surprised because oh, I thought she would have learned something from Asia O'Hara and chose not to bring the bad omen of butterflies onto the <laughs> runway. <laughs> well, they weren't alive. You know, in yeah. her own defense, they were not uh, butterflies that had to live for for the uh, broadcast. God, that was unfortunate, wasn't it? I know. I felt so bad watching <sighs> that. I was like, oh, those poor... Poor Asia, poor butterflies. Nobody wins in this scenario. I know. I just would want to. I would want to have been there backstage and just just pulled her aside for a second and, and gone. Are you sure? Are you really sure? <laughs> are you okay? Are, are you sure about this? <laughs> are you sure? Are they alive? Yeah, um, that was unfortunate. But this here's my only issue with this. Here's my only ish. Um, I like the butterflies and everything. I didn't think the jewelry went. If we're nitpicking. I think the jewelry made it kind of pageanty and took away from the um, the focus of the butterflies. See, I would have liked it a lot more if it didn't have the the neck piece, the big neck piece with all the butterflies oh. around it. I think, oh. I see, think I didn't it would mind have been, that. See, I, I think it would have been a lot more glamorous if it was just the gown and then she brought them up into the hair and into oh. the makeup. You know what I mean? Yes, like there's not a lot of butterflies in her hair. Yeah. It's kind of like they're all congregating around your pussy, and <laughs> but there's nothing. They, they just wanted to stay away from the top part. Oh, they're drinking the sweet, sweet nectar of her nether regions. <laughs> <laughs> Up next, Maxi Shield, Picnic at Hanging Rock. Um, what I love about this look, and I do like that movie. Not everybody's going to get the uh, film reference. Kids, Google it. Google the it. The internet should make you smarter. Um I, I like that she acted out the entire thing. She had a whole character for this kind of Victorian Aussie lady. Yeah, and Maxie does that. Maxie walks out in drag and she is embodiment of the character. And I like that mm -hmm. she took it to a place that we didn't see Maxie go previously in the season, which is probably a little bit similar to a Snatch Game. It wasn't, it wasn't the glamorous, you know, um, glamorous woman with the tits and the sequins and everything. She was like, I'm yes. happy to look a little bit shit for the sake of comedy and the sake of <laughs> telling a story accurately, you know? She was like, I'm willing to forgo the glamour and instead give you character and history and culture. And I love that. Yes. I love a reference. I I'm going to forego my vanity. Um, she looks like she's a lot of fun. Maxie, she looks like, oh, yeah. She is the most fun. Maxie yeah. is, she was like the onset mum, but she was also the onset party girl. She would, oh, you know. That's what I was about to say. She uh -huh. looks like the girl that I would like binge drink with and I would have a story to tell the next day. Well, this is the thing. She doesn't drink. She's she's sober, oh. but she is still so much fun. I, 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 I don't bet. know how she does it. Like I went in, I went and performed with her on the weekend and I was exhausted by the end of the night and she was still going, you know. She's she, sober. She, yeah. I love that. Okay, now Scarlett Adams came out and gave us her best uh, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Um, if you've seen the film, if you're familiar with it, uh, there's, a, there's that one part where she's on top of the bus and Mylar is streaming through the Australian outback. I like this a lot. I liked it a lot. My only my only um gripe with it was the fact that the color was just a bit too a bit too gray. Because in Priscilla, mm. it's that really bright metallic silver, and um, right. it looked a bit more. It looked just a little bit more gray on the runway. Yes. I would have loved to see that beautiful, beautiful bright silver. Silver, bright silver. Now, did it look this gray in person? I looked. I think even more gray. Yeah. Okay. I remember seeing it. But it moved it. well on the runway, it and good. the it reference was, a good look. was yeah. instantly recognizable. Now, uh, Rue bringing up the fact that uh, pictures of Scarlett had appeared online of her doing blackface. Yeah. 
And we were, yeah. we, we were surprised that, uh, we were surprised when it got brought up in the workroom. And I think we were also surprised when Rue brought it up on the main stage. Did Scarlett bring it up or did somebody else bring it up? Uh, I, I, Scarlett brought it up herself backstage. Uh, she, I, I mean, she, she, she'd been going on for a while when we were having the conversation when, uh, you know, Art said, has anyone done anything in drag that they regret? She was going mm-hmm. on and on, you know, oh, we've all done things we regret. We've done things we regret. Oh, what are, I've done things that I regret. But she wasn't going into specifics. Right. And I remember saying to her, like, genuinely, well, what have you done, Scarlett? Because she was not, right. not <laughs> right. um, elaborating. And then she went into Spell it. Spell it. And I think, I mm-hmm. think it was the, I think the entire room went quiet and we didn't really know how to, most of us didn't really know how to respond because we were like, is this something you've been sitting on for a while? Why are you bringing it up now? Oh, okay. Why do you feel like bringing it up here is the right place to do it? Um, like mm-hmm. how long ago was this? We didn't really know many of the details. And as she was explaining more and more and more, I I just wanted to jump in and I suppose, because there was no people of color in the room as an ally, provide mm-hmm. what what I think would be a perspective that would resonate with viewers at home, which was that you can say you're sorry as much as you want and being on reality TV and talking about it is great, but when you go into the real world, people are going to want you to show that you're sorry. That's Mm -hmm. the most important thing. It's the accountability piece. Yeah. And see, what I appreciated about Rue, it could have been a really devastating moment, you know? Mm. She could have, uh, Rue could have, like, cancelled her right there and sent her packing. But it was kind of like, it was a teaching moment and it was about accountability. Because while Scarlett and what she's done is a problem that she needs to take accountability for and she needs to do things to prove she's sorry for, there are, there are, so many more people and the people that own the clubs, the people that go to the clubs, the other drag queens mm. backstage who didn't say anything when she was painting her face black. It's a, it's part of a larger system of behavior. Absolutely. Every, every drag queen and every queer person in Australia must be watching it. I mean, yes. be, beyond, even beyond like in, in America, the, 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 when you go to DragCon, it's all women. <laughs> it's yeah. all high school kids. Yeah. It's all young people. It's, I mean, it, they're all ages, all sexes, but there's a lot of women who watch, a lot of kids who watch. So perhaps this teaching moment will translate into a, a greater understanding of why blackface face is problematic. Yeah, it just needs to start a conversation. And I think it needs to highlight and platform the voices of people of color, especially our indigenous people here in Australia. I just want those mm. voices to be more and more platformed and um, to have the opportunity to speak their truth. That's what's really important to me. Right. I love the lip sync that you and Maxie did. Um, she said she was going to pull uh, uh, tricks out of her sleeve, and, and she pulled a microphone. <laughs> she And she <laughs> did. There was going to be more to it than that. She killed me instantly. When she pulled that microphone out, she annihilated <laughs> me. Um, she was carrying that around for three weeks. It, uh, she carried it in her Bogan bum bag. She was carrying it around the week before in the design challenge. She was like, if I'm going to have to lip sync, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> she was ready. And you were so much fun on it. Um... I, I, you were just such a pleasure to, you know, to watch. And um, is there anything now that it's done and we're heading into some final episodes of the season? Uh, is, was there anything you would have done differently? We ask everybody this. I think I would have In hindsight. Been, yeah, hindsight. The gift of hindsight. I think I would have just mm-hmm. been louder and bolder and a bit brighter. I was already very <laughs> loud and very bold. But I think, I think there was a, even a little, a little bit of me that held back. And a little bit of me that went into it and I was like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be too much. I don't want to be, I don't want to be overpowering or awkward or create, I don't know, 
focus right. on you myself. Kind of, did you, it sounds as if you were kind of had an inner, inner critic kind of holding you back instead of going, bitch, just say whatever you want. No one regrets telling the truth. I yeah, mean, absolutely. It's kind of like, there are consequences to that, but nobody ever really regrets telling the truth. No, I think I just went into it and I was like, does the world want to see me or do they want to see the drag race version of me? And I let that hang mm. on myself a little bit too much. And if I was to do it again, I'd realize that the world wants to see me because the moments when I was authentically me were the moments I had the best response from. Yeah, because that's what people want to see. Who's your pick to win? Oh God! I don't Who's even know win? at this point. I, 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 I look. I, I love. I Courtney love Maxie. Maxie's my <laughs> Maxie's my Sydney si sister. Maxie's my Sydney sister. But I also love Art so much. Art and I are such good friends, and yes. so it'd have to be between Maxie and Art. Can we get a double crowning, Maxie and Art? Maybe double there have been double crownings before. Yeah. Now, um. I gotta say goodbye because we are um, wrapping up. We've come to the end of our program, and I want everybody in America to keep in touch with you on your Instagram nonstop. So, can you tell us, et cetera, et cetera, where we can find you on your socials? Yes, absolutely. You can find me at et cetera, et cetera on Instagram. That's the long form, E T C E T E R A, twice. Mm. And then on Twitter, I'm Glamabug. And then my website is glamabug.com. And you can buy all of my filthy little merch items from there. All oh, your merch. Is there piss merch? There is, is there, piss like, merch. You can buy you can buy a coffee cup with piss on it, so you can drink your <laughs> you drink your coffee out of um out of your little wee mug. <laughs> I think I'm gonna do some shopping right after this, and you expect an Instagram message from me real soon because every time I have somebody on the show, I'm like, I don't know anybody in Australia. Yeah. Here's my number. I'm gonna I you know, and they say, oh, of course, call me. I actually show up and call people. Please so don't do. Be I, out. I have no friends <laughs> and no life, so I'll appreciate it. I'll appreciate All it. All right, <laughs> I'm gonna give. I'll send you my number. So when you're in LA. I can hook you up. Yeah, I'd love uh, you. Uh, Drag Race España just uh, premiered on WOW Presents. Hilarious, amazing. Have you watched? I watched the first episode. It is so kooky. They're so crazy riding the bull and all of the drama. They're oh. crazy kooky. And I love the Spanish drag queen scream that they yeah. all do. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, so we have a special offer. Check out our, speaking of merch, check out our World of Wonder store for all things RuPaul's Drag Race and get your merch. You can get 10% off with the code DRAGPODCAST3. We uh, drop every Wednesday on the WOW Podcast Network. Listen wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find me at Alec Mappa on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, every movie, every TV show I've ever uh, made has now on Netflix, Hulu, <laughs> or Amazon Prime. Um, you've been listening to the RuPaul's, the official RuPaul's Drag Race podcast. It's so hard for me to say that every week. I don't know why. You're doing a great job. You're doing a great Thanks, job. Thanks, honey. You've been listening to the official RuPaul's Drag Race podcast. This is the place to come every week to listen to all things RuPaul's Drag Race, wherever a drag race is shown. España, Holland, Australia, New Zealand, Rangoon, um, Outer Mongolia. This is the place to be, etc., etc. Thank you so much for being on the program today. Tune in next week and we'll have more drag race fun. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye. This has been a World of Wonder production.